just we, we, even though we had a long discussion yesterday, I just want to clarify what the Kasha Teretz was according to the Nesibos. We say, we say, even though we're eating bread of affliction, just like we're in Egypt, and at first glance you would think that what this is no time to rejoice. We say, no, anybody, we're having a big party. Anybody wants to come, come in, we're, we're rejoicing. And why is that? The answer is because, because we know that, that the going out of Egypt to the original time, for the sake of Hashem's own name, is going to definitely pull us out and guarantee us that we're going to get back. And just to relate, because I, I pushed a few points yesterday, you have to understand that, but that's the nature of this world. The nature of this world is such that there's always a gap between our ability to understand and, 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 and what we know about Hashem. By definition, if you, I'm not saying that's the reason, but obviously here, if, if, if the, if the self-daito of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, if the bottom line of a Kodesh Baruch Hu's um, um, uh, actions would be known to us, so certainly here be, you'd have just about no challenges. Yes? And there's, still, there's always going to be Yitzhar, don't misunderstand. A person can talk to God and be an idiot. You have, you see, we see we have uh, Bilaam. For example, the fact that you talk to God doesn't mean it's going to, you're not going to necessarily be, we have free choice. You're not going to, you're not going to automatically be a tzaddik if you, if you have a great revelation. But when well, the normal circumstance, the person that sees these things, so there's a place where we, we are always confronting a gap between what we, what we're, uh, between Hashem and our ability to catch up. It's always like that. And there, there's no end to that. I don't think there's that, that, I don't think it's in this world, period. That's exactly the point. And I told you, you don't need anything. You don't need, you don't need a Holocaust or all kinds of hor- most horrible things in the world. If one little girl scratches her knee, that is sufficient for a, person to be, for a person's belief in God. I don't have not to be taken away, but definitely to be challenged, of course, because everybody, not, 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 not it's, it, it, it hurts. I mean, everybody sees that we know that Hashem can do anything. If we see any suffering whatsoever, it hurts. Because we, we, otherwise, if God wasn't God, it wouldn't hurt. That's why this guy wrote this crazy book. It's silly. You know, saying, don't blame God. He has, he can't, he's not in control. Okay, that's a, that's a great logical answer, a real, really stupid one. But yes, it, it works. It works logically, but it's, it's stupid. There's no, that's not a God. But the point is here, since God can, since God can do whatever He wants, it always hurts us when anybody's hurt ever. Period. Even for even for a split second, and certainly certainly throughout an exile. That's a, that's a, we have the humility. We humble our heads, and we and we uh, and we and we and we understand that Akush Baruch has uh, obviously has a, has a, a plan, and there's a reasoning and a justice in what God does. But it doesn't mean because we know that that, that we know the facts. The fact that we know that God is just doesn't mean that we know the facts of God's justice. Those are two different points. But here, that's the point. He says this paragraph, they didn't say when they had a base of Medish, it was only now in the Golos. And he, and he writes, he's writing, he says that he's, they're in a worse Golos than the first one. As far as he because it was worse where they were. It was worse than Egypt. That's what he says. They were having a horrible time. <coughs> horrible. So, but the point is, they said, but they get, he said that's the whole point. He's saying, why is it in a, such a sad Golos? And they really were experiencing a genuinely sad Golos. Why are they making a Seder? What are they rejoicing about? What good do you get out of Egypt? You're in a worse hole than you were before. The answer is because other words, because the, the, Egyptian, the, the coming out of Egypt, as, as, he's, as we'll explain, coming on, it forever and ever is pulling us out. And it's always going to pull us out. That is, a, that is a great rejoicing. Because that's a confidence. You just know that everything's fine. It doesn't mean at the moment that everything's fine. Everything may not be fine in the moment. But overall, you know, everything's going to be fine. Everything is finally going to work out. It's not that a person is suffering and, that, and despair and there's no reason to believe that there's going to be a way out. You see, also, that's always the way they're trying. They, they'll, they'll catch a person, they'll tell them, not only are you suffering, but there's no hope. And the Jews always said, no, no, no. 
maybe suffering, yes, but not no hope. It's not happening. Not just no hope. Not just not just is, is it not true? There's no hope, and not is it not just true? There's hope, but we are positive. We're positive. We're positive that it's going to uh, work out. I say one thing. This is, is not a proof, but it's just just a story. But it's a true story. It's, it's just an illustration. But one one year, it was Hanukkah time. So Hanukkah time, it's just it's more or less the darkest time of the year. You know, the uh, earliest. Uh, earliest um, uh, shkias and things like that. And it was Hanukkah. We made a big uh, carnival for the little kids. And uh, the sun was going down. And the electricity was, was off as it often was where I, where I lived. Electricity went off a lot. You know, we're not used to that in America, you know. And electricity go off was a normal thing. I, I visited my first father-in-law one time uh, in America. So they had bought a new refrigerator with a freezer. So I said, oh, this is a very good freezer. So what's so good about it? I said, it's this kind of freezer. If the electricity goes off, the food stays frozen for three days. He said, the electricity doesn't go off. He said, but we, we, who heard of that? They remember once in 1960, what was it, 67, uh, the famous uh, blackout in America? Uh, once it was a famous thing, the electricity went you know, but also it's every, every year, maybe once every, every week or two, electricity went off for a while. Everybody knew that. Anyway, the electricity was out that particular afternoon, and a woman has, was, was a, clearly a Holocaust survivor, and she was, she, had, she was running to go to Tel Aviv to catch a plane to Australia. She must have lived in, uh, in uh, Melbourne. And uh, so she said under the, under the yeshiva there was a... Uh, a very, a very simple Holocaust memorial, really very meaningful because it was just all it was was stone <coughs> plaques. Every town they put up a plaque. It was very covered. It wasn't was there was none of this uh, theatrical things over there, etc. You know, it was just uh, plaque after plaque after plaque. Every town remembered. So she said she came and she has to see the uh, the plaque for her shtetl. So I tried to explain to her that there was no electricity. We're going to have to go back down down the cellar stairs with candles. I said I'll do it, but you know, you know, it's hundreds of plaques here. She looks at me like, what are you? She says, I saw everything. She says, she says I, I survived, I saw everything. Well, you can, of course we're going to find it. I'm thinking to myself, okay, she's a nice lady. What are the odds? You know? And she's told me, like, you're, like, she basically told me, like, you know, son, you're an idiot. You, know, what do you, you, know, you don't know anything I know. So I take her down the back stairs. And mom, I feel terrible. I said, what are the, it's, it's hopeless. She says, she's got to find the thing. And I'm walking in front of her with the candle. She's got a candle behind me. And I get down to the bottom of the stairs. And I'm walking in pitch black. And it's a cellar. And I'm walking in pitch black, I walk across the room, and I literally walk into the wall. My nose hits the wall, and I lift up the candle, and the plaque is in front of me. Her town. And I was in utter shock. I said, you're not going to, this is, she says, I told you we were going to find it. She's like, what are you, stop, stop a shot. I told you we were going to get there. She does, she does a little feel, and she leaves. She turns around, she says, go back. She goes, run back, tell me you get a plane. I'm like, what, what's wrong with you? I told you we were going to find it. She's going to say, what's, what's the matter with me? But anyway, but the point is that that's the difference, and it may be at a given, any given moment, but our overall knowledge of the justice of God is there. And they say, well, maybe at a moment it doesn't look good, it doesn't feel good. That's, how, that's to do with humility and faith in God. Where there's always a gap between our understanding and what we, know, what we know about God and what we see in front of us. That's always the case. It's not gonna, it's not gonna, uh, I don't think that changes in this world. It's interesting yeah. this person I had another one, same thing. Another one was in the hospital one time for somebody else. And I knew that an older woman, also Holocaust, I knew, she was, I knew her husband was in intensive care, heart, heart uh, whatever, heart, uh, heart, whatever he had, I don't know what, heart, heart something. 
So I figure I'll go up and give it, you know, just a visit, give encouragement. So they, you know, they don't sit, usually people in, in the, they're sitting outside the intensive care over there. So she's sitting outside. So I sat down and I talked to her, this and that. So I'm trying to machazik her. So she basically also looks at me and says like, kid, you know, she's like, I was, I was a little kid. She's like, look, hey, you're like, it's okay. I'm okay. She says, she says, so she looks at me. She says, she says, she remembers doing the work. She says, there was no, there were the only dead bodies. We couldn't walk anywhere except on dead bodies. She's telling me. There's a point where there's no place to walk. You can only walk on dead bodies, she said. And we knew that there was a creator. We knew there was a God. So she said to me, come on. she says, I'm okay. I, I walked up after the time. You can only walk on dead bodies. And we knew there was a God. So I said to her, I said to her, you know, the people in the interview don't speak like you. You know, they don't express that kind of faith in God. She said, she said they interview the wrong people, she says to me. <laughs> That's what she said to me. It was, it was, it was funny. She was funny. She knew it was funny, but it was, you know, I'm trying to chazik her. She says, it's okay, sonny boy. I, I, uh, I'm fine. <laughs> she said, I already, I already went to, I already went to be talking school. She's telling me, it's okay. I don't need, a, I don't need, I don't need the refresher course. She says, I ready to be talking school. And that's the point. So I'm saying that's a, that, that's in, that we cannot solve. That's this life. That is this life. The, the, the unending, the unending gap between what we, what we can grasp and, our, and, and, and what we know about God. That's, that's unending. That's to do with, that's part of believing, part of trusting God, really. It's part of trusting Hashem. That we recognize that once we know there's a God, that despite the fact that we cannot see what we know God is doing, doesn't stop us from believing that what we know God is doing is what He's doing. It's the best way not to say it. Amen. Amen.